1: here's the the email enjoying the show as always but it's especially good when sims gets riled up as he did on the topic of guys waving their junk in other guys faces that was on the taunting (laughs) rule yesterday partly it's entertaining because there's a chance he'll go full potty mouth but mostly because the angrier he gets the more he looks like boss baby Oh, Boss That's baby. a new one for me. <laughs> I have a feeling that EJ is going to be getting to work. There he is. Look at the giant head, the little uh, bit of a widow's peak. Yeah. Although Boss Baby's too young for male pattern baldness, you definitely aren't. And uh, yeah, there he is, Sunday Night Sims. That will haunt my dreams <laughs> <That's> <laughs> for the rest scary. of my life. That is Please scary. remove that image <laughs> from my screen. By the way, we have another email from... Our friend Graham in Sunderland, his daughter Eleanor, who is five, refers to you as the man with the small head. (laughs) Even though you have a freakishly large bucket of a head, when we do the one shot of you, she thinks you have a small head. So she calls you the man with the small head. And she is very concerned because you're not on Mondays now. She was very confused, and she began to ask a bunch of questions about the man with the small head. Is he very lazy? Why is he on holiday all the time? Why does Mike work twice as much as the man with the small head? Does the man with the small head need to take more holiday time... Because he has a small head. That's great. Yes, I
2: do. My head hurts after a while. It's small. There's not a lot of brains in
1: there. <laughs> it's just That's awesome. Great. I noticed that one
2: first thing this morning, and I passed it along. Well done, I, uh, folks. I had a the, few uh, defensive linemen back in the day. That always used to make fun of my big head and small face. They would always go, Oh, look at a giant hen, you got that small face whatever. So maybe that's what she's referring to. But I love that. And, and as Pete points out though, <laughs> imagine those questions
1: coming from a right. toddler five right. years old with an English accent. It it just it's just it, beautiful well done thank you graham and hello to eleanor and uh the man with the small head i'm uh, here i'm working not, today he's not upset at all he's working today and he's not upset at all but he may need extra time off after taking that abuse being called the man with the small head all right rams beat the buccaneers on sunday 34 24 you took a
2: look at the film what stood out well I, I mean where do you want to start you want to start on O stafford. R- stafford stafford let's start with stafford. stafford all right well i mean listen there's two things that jump out to me you know, more than anything. Games like that in the past with the Los Angeles Rams where they can't run the ball and just, you know, move the ball that way, we kind of see them really struggle on the offensive side of the ball. Those days are over. Yeah, they're over. They're a different football team. I mean, the drop-back pass game has greatly improved with the Los Angeles Rams. And I'm not just saying just because of the quarterback, but I think just because of the confidence the quarterback has given the play designer and McVay the fact that they just have more plays that they throw out you, at you, more formations, you know, because, yeah, there's just no limit to what he can do. He can get the ball really quickly out of his hands and throw it accurate, like screen passes like this. Of course, he can make right reads. And get the team in the right play. That's easy living, definitely. But damn, all the deep routes and things like that. These are gears that we do, you know, these are things we didn't see a ton. Drop back pass game, perfect bomb to Deshaun Jackson. You know, the Rams offense, one like the Bucks or or, you know, we talked about the Cowboys. It's hard to match up with them across the board. And the other thing, Mike, I'll go back to, and you heard me say this last week that Kevin Carberry, their new offensive line coach. I mean, they, that they to me, that has changed the the mantra of their team to a degree, too. That great Buccaneers defense, hey, they were good enough running the ball to where the Bucks had to at least respect it a little bit. And then their pass protection is really, really special, too. So they got a rolling on that side of the ball, and I just can't imagine it really slowing down or them not being dangerous. How did they sneak Deshaun Jackson
1: past the defense for the third time? Because the two times they got away with it before and they were going to get burned but Stafford's arm got hit and he didn't get the ball to Jackson how do they sneak him by a third time isn't it alert 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 when Deshaun Jackson's on the field
2: you would think so but I think people still you know we didn't see a lot of it or much of it the first two weeks right we heard McVay was going to make a conscious effort to get Deshaun Jackson the ball more and I also think when the teams break down the Rams still and they're still probably breaking down games from last year and McVay's offense from there and playing those numbers they're going these are things we haven't had to worry about this part of the field. So there's a little bit of that. Also with this, on that play specifically right there, it was quarters coverage, right, four across. That typically has given the Rams and the Jared Goff uh, offense issue. Remember the year they went to the Super Bowl, right? The Bears stymied them in Chicago on a cold night. I think it was Sunday night football. If not, it was Monday night. But the the Patriots – they took that Bears game plan in the Super Bowl and played a lot of those same coverages and basically said, oh, wait, we like this coverage because it clouds the middle of the field and that's where Rams and golf like to throw the ball. It gets us a p- few more people towards the line of scrimmage to stop the runs and the bootlegs. You can't do that anymore. No, not with Mr. Laserbeam number nine throwing the ball for the Rams now. That's where it's changed. And, you know, yeah, he ran like a fake in-cut, Mike. He acted like he was going to run in. And the safety jumped it, and then he took off, and there's a lot to defend right now in that Rams offense.
1: Why can't they take away Cooper Cup? We know how this goes. It's the Bill Belichick approach to playing against a good offense, take away what they do best. What they do best is get the ball to Cooper Cup. Why can't they slow him down?
2: Well, one – all the other guys are good, right? You, I mean, it's a little bit like we, like you, know, you bring up with good offenses all the time. You can't really pin one guy to go, oh, they're going to do this with this guy or that with this guy. All their receivers, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, they're very similar in skill set. So it's hard to play like, oh, they're only going to do this with Cooper Cup. Uh, the biggest thing I think is great play design at times with Cooper Cup where they just go, they put him in the spot where the play is designed and McVeigh goes, wait, they're going to play this coverage and he should be able to read the coverage the right way and run the right route. And then the other thing is just pure physical ability. He is one of those guys, too, that's rare in the fact that, yeah, he understands defense is a great route runner, but if you play him man-to-man, he can beat you with straight speed. And he's got he's a bigger man than people realize when you see him in person, too. So I think it's a little bit of a double whammy of, of both those effects, at least to me, Mike.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. When you are overpowering the defense with so many great weapons, what really can you do? What happened to the Buccaneers vaunted, at least from Super Bowl 55, pass rush? I know JPP's injured, but uh, they're not able to get
2: home, at least not the way we thought they would. No, I mean, they still had Joe Tryon and Shaq Barrett and Vita Vea and Goldston out there. It didn't matter. It just it, That's where, to me, the Rams are a little different. I you know and 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 you know the Bucks maybe not hitting on all cylinders in their pass rush right now, but I I really think where I look at the Rams it just you know teams like this in the past where they have these overpowering offensive lines, you know that McVay's had to manage the game, but Carberry's given them a few different looks as far as how to run the ball compared to the way they've run the ball through the McVay era, and then I think you know just pass protection wise. it it, it just seems more sound without me getting too technical they really understand how to pick things up and and how to block and how to help each other out and to me it's one of the other than Stafford it's probably the biggest difference in that Rams team. Let's take a
1: break when we return we'll flip it over to the Brady side of it the Buccaneers offense 24 points but obviously not enough we'll tell you what Chris had to see when he looked at the film of the Tampa Bay offense against the Rams when PFT Live continues right after this Oh, it's coming on Sunday night. Tom Brady back to New England, but before he went to New England, he had to go back to L.A. or to L.A. as the case may be for the first time. His first game ever in L.A. It did not go well. What did you see from Brady's effort, his performance, his overall
2: effectiveness or lack thereof on Sunday? Well, I mean, still a great football game. I mean, he still made so many great throws. There's there's no question about that. The Rams match up really well with the Bucks. You know, the one thing I worried about in the game a little bit was to go, hmm, you know, maybe the Bucks will be too big for the Rams and the fact that they just have to – they'll kind of overpower them in the running game to a degree, like we saw them do to the Chiefs and Packers to where then they got compromised and they were going, man, they're just blowing us off the line of scrimmage getting seven or eight yards. we got to start getting down there and doing things, and all of a sudden that leads to big pass plays in the pass game. But – Second time the Rams have played the Bucs in, in the two years, the Bucs have a hard time blocking the speed of the Rams, Mike. That would be the first thing I would say. The speed up front of the Los Angeles Rams gives the Bucks issues. And I think that's why they didn't run the ball a whole lot, really, because they started to realize, man, we can't block these guys. They're shooting gaps and making people miss. The other thing that they do is they do a great job of like kind of crowding the line of scrimmage, and they have end of the line, you know, guys like Floyd, Hollins, uh, Terrell Lewis, who play defensive end slash outside linebacker, where they can put five guys on the line of scrimmage and rush four, and one of those guys because they're so athletic can drop back and really be a handful in the pass game. So, you know, not only are they talented up front and have that aspect, but then it's the fastest defense in football, in my opinion, altogether, and they can do it a little bit of everything in the back end, too. A lot of zone coverages, they can play man if they want, and they can do it with an aggressive way where they play zone and take away maybe your thoughts to play, like take deep shots, Mike you know, but, but also understand kind of what the offense is trying to do on that side of the ball, and within those zones have a lot of guys in the area Brady's trying to throw the ball, uh, and, and if that makes sense to, to how I'm explaining it. So it was a really great defensive effort, and I think bottom line is talent in the back end and then a front four, like we always talk about, that can get to Brady where they don't have to blitz a whole lot and compromise themselves in coverage.
1: If they stay healthy, the Rams will be virtually unstoppable. The key is they got to stay healthy. They have great balance, but we still have 14 games to go, and then the postseason after that, that's going to be the real key. The Buccaneers are starting to have their injury issues mount. Antonio Brown didn't play because he's on the COVID reserve list, but Scotty Miller's got a toe issue. He could be lost for an extended period of time. Gio Bernard's got an MCL sprain, reportedly. So we've got issues on the Bucks, and every team's gonna have to weather that storm it feels like at some point this year the Bucks may have to weather it now and this isn't an ideal weekend Gronk too with the rib injury yeah they're getting ready to go to New England all right we're going to break goats in a bad way when PFT Live continues right after this guess what guess what what
2: Packers had 46
1: seconds left on the clock
2: Rodgers throws two passes down the middle of the field, gets up, spikes it both times, two seconds left, 51 yard field goal, we're down by one. Crosby makes it, we win the game.
0: Woo! Wait, who's we? We, I own some of the team. <laughs> oh, I'm how Owner. How much of the team do you own? It doesn't matter, it's still something. <laughs>
1: If you're a Packers shareholder, you actually can't say we. (laughs) You're right. right. You can't say we. You can't say we. All right, goats in a bad way for week three. We got to get to it, Uh, right to it. Chris, first pick.
2: You're up. Uh, I mean, I'm going to go to uh, you know, in honor of our our you know Sky Sports. I'm going to Big Ben. Big Ben. Big Ben. Big Ben. Yeah, uh, there's time for we need a tune up, maybe a clock change altogether. It's disaster time. I don't really know. I mean it. I just can't actually believe what I'm seeing from Big Ben. It's bad decisions. It's unaware of situational football. It's holding the ball too long. It's the like loss of reality at times to think he still can make a play that he made ten years ago, and he's going to run around the pocket, and make seven guys miss, and give a stiff arm and throw the ball. I just I'm, I I can't believe it. And and it's not all on him because the offense is, is not great either. I, I understand that, and there's some offensive line issues, and they still can't run the ball. But I just, I did not think it would look like this. It's, it's pretty damn bad. I think he's going to retire
1: during the season. I, th- I think he's going to end up on injured reserve and never come back. I think that's what's going to happen. I, I really do. I wouldn't be shocked. It's a prediction. I, mean, it is, I think it's not a report now. Yeah. The way it's going now, there's going to be a point where he recognizes, you know what, we're, we're not going to have a shot at Super Bowl win number 7, we're not even going to be competitive from the standpoint of getting to the playoffs. Maybe we get a wild card ber- I, You know, my arm, my leg, my hip, my elbow, my whatever, I, I think that that'll be his face-saving way to walk off into the sunset uh, if it continues the way that it is. It could change, yeah. but yeah. that's the way it could go. Yeah. i got to go Matt Nagy. It's yeah. the lowest of the low-hanging fruit. You're not going to have an offense that's ready for your rookie quarterback. You plug him into the Andy Dalton offense, and you get – the result that you got in Cleveland with nine sacks of your rookie quarterback and now real questions about who the quarterback is going to be this week. And at this point, does it even matter? The only good news is they play the Lions.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm with you there. I, I was like it was between him or Big Ben. And we talked about Nagy a little earlier, so I just had to go with Big Ben there. But you're right to me. That was the two most obvious ones. And I, I still don't get it. And uh, watch out because we don't know who's going to start a quarterback for the Bears, so we don't know what that game plan will be this week. Woo! I can't wait to see that one. Woo! Um, All right. Now, um, second week in a row I'm going to do this. Second week in a row. I can't even believe I'm doing this. I'm going Patrick Mahomes again. I am. Hey, he's still awesome. I know that. You know, I want to go Mahomes and Hill a little bit, but I'm going to go with Mahomes because he was the jump off, and I expect more of him. You know, I know he's the man. He's still – I'm going to still call him the best player in football, but it's it's not by the margin it was last year. Josh Allen is breathing down his neck 100%, and some other players are too. But, hey, you know, your team's not – you know, you come off a bad loss last week where you didn't do well, and you made a stupid mistake at the end of the football game. You throw a no-look, the guy's going to score a touchdown if you just look at him throwing throwing his chest. If he doesn't score a touchdown, he's getting down to the one-yard line. The interception at the end of the game. Yeah, you know, Travis Kelsey stopped a little bit just as he was getting ready to throw the ball, but still it's 24-24. You know, you just don't throw that ball up there. You know, And, of course, that Tyreek Hill fumbling. I mean, the Stars, they're letting themselves down in Kansas City. That's all I can they really lo- say. They've lost their mystique. They they've have, lost their 100%. And,
1: and, and they need to get it back. They need to bottom out and get a chip on their shoulder and say, nobody respects us, and everybody's overlooking us, yeah. and then they can build it back up. But Maybe. their mystique is gone. Right. They need to find a way to get it back. i got to go Jalen Hurts. I didn't make him number one, even though he had that abysmal game last night, because of the quote about flushing it. And we didn't play it earlier, but he said it, so it's fair for me to repeat it. You take a deuce. You don't sit there and look at it. You flush it and move on. We're going to flush it and move on. That's the best advice I can give to Jalen Hurts. Well done. We appreciate the quote, but he does have to move on, or the Eagles will move on.
2: Yeah, round three. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you there, and uh, they definitely need some better play at that position. All right, Woo, All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the back judge in the Ravens, Ravens, Detroit Lions game. I I am. I can't. I mean, to me, that, you know, watching it live, I think we were very kind at NBC on Football Night in America and saying it was 1.57 seconds. I mean, I think it was closer to two seconds for sure. You know, I mean, and yeah, I know there's a little leeway, but that was watching it live, you know, zero, zero set hut. And that was uh, egregiously missed. So that's one that uh, I'm going to throw on that back judge. I don't know his name offhand, but back judge in that game. That same thing happened to
1: the Ravens in the 2008 playoffs against your Tennessee Titans. Do you remember that? I do. Same damn thing. And same explanation. Terry McCauley was the referee of the game. Almost word for word, same explanation. It's not good enough. They need to come up with a better way, even if it's a giant shot clock that goes off like in basketball and we know when it hits zero although there could be some unintended consequences of that they need to do better bottom line last one for me nfl league office 345 park avenue the issues of transparency the officiating errors do better get dean blandino back get mike pereira back pay the money quit being so damn cheap 270 million this year in free money from gambling on top of everything else quit being cheap have transparency for your own good and for the good of the game. I'm not saying this because it's anti-NFL. This is pro-NFL. There are serious issues at play here. Gambling requires greater transparency when it comes to these officiating errors. So people understand what's going on and they don't think the games are rigged because they're not. But people think they are. We'll be back with more right after this.
0: We spoke on WEI today about Tom Brady looking at his options and he decided Tampa was a better option. Why weren't the Patriots a better option for him when both Robert Kraft and Brady himself said over and over
2: how much they wanted him to finish his career here?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm not gonna go back and rehash all that. We've talked about that. It really- You've never talked about team. it with us. focus is on the game here. And- Look, I have so much respect and appreciation for Tom and everything he did here and for me and for our team. And, uh, you know, we're just getting ready to compete against Tampa this week, and we're going to keep our focus on that. But you've never, you talk about rehashing dynamics that you've already gone through. You've never done that. Oh. Yeah, uh, we, we made a statement when Tom left, and that, that covered it you surprised how well he's played. He's thrown 61 touchdown passes in 23 games down there. Won a Super Bowl. Yeah, Tom's a great player. Nothing surprises me that he does.
1: Hey, kudos to Tom Curran for giving it to Bill Belichick. Sometimes guys got to be asked tough questions. This whole we've already addressed it when you've never addressed it. And maybe they should hire him, Chris, to be the spokesman on officiating calls and just say we've already addressed it and then just move on (laughs) because that's he always plays that game I know it's been addressed has it has it been addressed no it hasn't but that's his way
2: of getting away with it no I know and that's why a lot of people don't necessarily like Bill Belichick you know it's why sometimes you see ex-players say it's Brady or ex-coaches give Brady you know Belichick's hard cutthroat style has not done him any favors in NFL circles and people love to put him down when they can Tom good job by Tom Curran there
1: That's it for today. Thanks for some of your time. We'll see you at 5 o'clock Eastern on PFTPM. Have a great
0: day. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal